Welcome to The Perfect Blend, the podcast where we pair the books we read with a delicious cup of tea. I'm Shelley Haskell. And I'm Candy Beaker. This month is Murder Mystery March. Why, Bill? Because we love alliteration and we love mystery. And today's book <laughs> is Murder at the Book Club by Betsy Reevely. And what tea have you paired our book with? Well, I recently went to Raleigh and I visited Tin Roof Teas because um, you turned me onto that place. And I got a red chai and it's delicious. It has some aniseed and ginger. It's a rooibos tea, which I absolutely love. It's red, black pepper, cardamom, cinnamon, and cloves. You know, they're my three favorite flavors and this book needed some spice yes it did i was gonna what? go with the traditional earl mm-hmm. gray because very british this is the setting is is uh england but i was going through my teas and i had passion tea by tazo and even though we felt like the story needed a little spice it definitely had some passion in it. This has hibiscus, orange peel, rose hips, and passion fruit flavors. It's better. I think it's better cold, like an iced tea. And the reason why I have it is because the Starbucks has a pink drink and you can make your own pink drink using this passion tea. So Betsy Reevely is a an author who lives in Cambridge, England, and which is the setting of this novel. She lives with her husband and her two daughters, and she loves her pets. She has a dog, some quail, a covey of quail, I guess, and a pet frog, which is adorable. Very <laughs> interesting pets. Yep. And I also kind of jumped around on some crime fiction fan sites, and there was an interview with her on Blood Type. The website is Barbara Copperthwaite, T-H-W-A-I-T, BarbaraCopperthwaite.com, which I love because that's such a British name. And Betsy said about herself that I swear too much. I drink too much. I don't think before I speak. I love books, music, films, and food. And that's really all you need to know. (laughs) I want to get to know her based on that. I think we would fit right in. She's also known for some hard hitting thrillers like Frailty and Quiet Ones and has gathered a loyal fan base of her standalone tales for a domestic noir genre, which this one is not quite so hard hitting. This one's more of a soft crime fiction. We're going to get into that. Mm -hmm. The characters, our main character, the victim, Tony Jones. She is married to Gerald, poor long suffering Gerald, and she was originally married to Mike. We have Marion Bolton, who is hosting the book club when the book first starts. Older lady, married to Arnold, peacekeeper type. She doesn't want to rock the boat or hurt anybody's feelings. She's very proper. You have Barbara Lupton, her friend, who is a widower, very lonely. And I think Marion and Barbara tend to hang out beyond book club. I think Marion kind of looks out for Barbara. Kim Geller, her husband, Pete, she has three children. Kim is the flamboyant of the group. She likes to drink. She likes to be loud. She likes to 
hang out and be wild. And she makes no apologies for it, which kind of, I think, rubs some of the other book club members. We have Amy Martin, a little bit younger. She's pregnant. Her husband is Jonathan. And we have Janet Cox, who is a single mom. She has a son, Dean, 19-year-old son, who is a bit of a wet one. Yeah. It just is not redeemable. And Janet is not somebody beyond book club. I don't think any of these women would have anything to do with her. She just is her outer appearance. She doesn't care about her appearance. The only thing that she's really redeemable about her is her book club, Mm -hmm. her love of books. Maggie Barnsdale has cake business and she seems to be more tied into Amy. They have, it seems like they have um, together outside of the book club. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And she has two children, Pauline Robinson. She and her husband are retired and have started a new business venture. And then we have DCI Barrett and DI Palmer, the investigators. So every murder mystery begins with an act of murder. What do you think about the murder in this book? Well, interesting enough, this actually is in the prologue. Like that's the very first part of the book. Yes. I almost forgot about that before. You see that. And this murder, it's set up in a strange way. Because it's like, there she is. There's a naked lady with flowers on her. It was just strange. It was the setting and everything about it was just strange. It doesn't seem to be like a murder of opportunity or a crime of passion. It seemed like something happened intentionally, like they were trying to kill that person because of the flowers right and the way she was placed and that her clothes were missing i mean these were weird things to have happened Mm -hmm. it's not like a mug it's not like somebody clocked her and took her purse you know exactly so we how did you feel about the characters oh lady (laughs) (laughs) right there was a part i was reading and i kept going okay i'm gonna get get to know these people and then i was like oh i don't like that about that person then oh i don't really like that about that person and then i'm like at some point about the middle of the book i was like i do not like any of these people i don't really like any of them i was like they're kind of they're just the oddest sense of people and even though there was a few that kind of tickled my funny bone, maybe a little bit of Kim was kind of, mm-hmm. I could have, she was kind of funny. Marion was nice enough. And I felt a little sorry for her trying to keep the peace amongst these bickering bitches. But even throughout the story, those were some of the few. So they were just odd. And yeah. flat is a good description. There was a little bit of, there were so many, right? And mm-hmm. so there was a little bit of description in that book club moment where we could see them. And there was a little bit of character description as they walked in the door right. or their how they their demeanor when they walked in the door so you got a little idea about them there and then the next time they're together they're like this horrible group of bitches again <laughs> i don't know flat surface most of them weren't redeemable and the ones that were okay were just okay the better thing to ask would be which was your least favorite because we really didn't have a favorite i didn't have a favorite i didn't have a favorite and i have to say that oh man this is hard but the one that kind of gave me ugh, was Janet. And I, I wanted to feel sorry for her because she's like the most avid book reader there. But in my opinion, she was somebody who said, I spend like all my days reading because I don't have a life. <laughs> but mm-hmm. at the same time, she's not a person who cares about herself, her home, her kid. You know, yeah. I really didn't. I was like, you're just, I don't know what, you're just a worm. I don't know. I didn't like, she was kind of nice to people. She was not, I guess she wasn't rude to people, really. I don't yeah, know. They were 
all kind of weird. She was there. I, yeah, I just didn't like her were. because she was so. But there were several other characters who really did not like other people. Yeah. Like a lot of these characters did not like anybody else. They were not people people. They found each other because they all did online book clubs and then they realized they were close together. So they organized this. And Tony was the one that got it going because she wanted to make herself look elevated, I guess. Look what I've done. Oh, I've started this book club. And it's going to be wonderful and academic and blah, blah, blah. And they they just weren't a good group <laughs> to gel at all. They were a very misfit group. If they I, would have been better together in smaller groups or in, I don't know. They're just a different, they were just not a good group. No. And it was, it was too much, too much trying to keep the peace and not really be there and be excited about a book, which we really, there was that book club club meeting and that was it and then the rest of it was just about the members and and the mystery uh i really did not like shirley she worked at, as a nurse in a nursing home and she was horrible to the patients she did not like her life she didn't like anything about it and she just kind of took it out on these patients she really didn't do anything to change things and she felt like well anything i try it just got everything against me she just this is my lot i'm gonna simmer it's all simmering even when she said sweet when she talked to people People. And we've talked about you know, like the the when they the say little pet, pet names or mm -hmm. love or whatever she would uh -huh. say sweets and to me that comes across as as not endearing most mm -hmm. times it's a kind of dismissive and poison underneath it it just I don't I didn't I didn't like her not at well all. she and Janet were were friends and I think the those two were kind of the seediest of characters in, yes. in him. And the and rest they, of the ladies had a bit of a better life. They had interesting things going on inside their life. They might not have been the most redeemable people in some respects, but those two, they were a pair and yes. it was, it was just a toxic, I could see a little toxic cloud around them. They just, Perfect. when they come into a place, there's negativity. Yeah. Any plot twists you didn't see coming? A little bit. Yeah. I, I'll be honest. I didn't quite, I'm just, I'm a terrible investigator. <laughs> I'll just ride this wave of whatever the author wants to tell me and I'll probably go along with it because I'm like, okay, this is your story. Tell me about it. Maybe that's why I don't really read a lot of murder mysteries. It was interesting and there was the first murder, but the second, there was a second murder. And so that one got me and it threw me off and I couldn't figure out why. Mm -hmm. And I had to go back and figure out a few of those things. So it was, it was interesting on that. Yeah, definitely. It had a lot of the It was formulaic. That, it was formulaic. That's what I was that's what I mean. It had all the pieces you're supposed to have. All the characters all had something to hide. And mm -hmm. that eventually would start coming out when the pressure came on them and telling half truths and things like that. And just, I mean, that was all part of it. I did not figure out who did it. And I was like you, I'm just going to ride this through and see how the author ties it up. And she did. She did. Yeah. And I, I got confused by some of it because usually the editor takes things out, but there was a big discrepancy in this, not just a red herring. There were some things in there that you thought this character said, but then they said something else or they told one person one thing and they told somebody else something else, which happens. Yeah. But I questioned everything after chapter 11 and 13 because Janet is a single parent. Her son is 19 now, but in chapter 11, it talks about 
Janet getting pregnant, her very strict Catholic parents pushing her out of the house because she brought shame to the family. But then two chapters later, Janet got pregnant young and she was raised by a single parent, her mother, who was at the time a drug addict. And as we see throughout the rest of the book is an alcoholic. So mm-hmm. I don't know if that piece was meant to be left in, if it never got tweaked like it was supposed to when it passed the editor. But to me, that was a big no-no in a book that you put two very different storylines in there. And it would be different if somehow that's the story Janet was telling, but this is what really happened. But that wasn't ever And it made. was just like you were in that part and I went back and looked. So Janet was thinking in her head about herself, like, right? It was like an internal monologue or mm-hmm. it was a narration. Right. But you, you had jumped into a Janet story and she was thinking about her life and how she has come to this place in her life or the narrator tells a story about her and her Catholic parents. Mm-hmm. So there wasn't like she was telling it to Shirley or somebody else. Right. It was narration. Uh-huh. So that really, and when, when you get something like that in a book, that, that just kind of pisses me off. <laughs> Because it's like you couldn't take time to get the story straight. It's one thing when you're throwing in red herrings and you're trying to figure out, well, okay, is this something that pertains to the story or is this just something to throw me off track? But you throw something like this, wait a minute, this doesn't even make sense. So I kind of had a little chip on my shoulder from Mm -hmm. chapter 13 on about it. It's like, I don't really care anymore. Just tell me you did. (laughs) Let me get to the end. Whatever. That irritated, that irritated me. So it just, well, we both didn't figure it out. Did you figure it out or did you just went with it? I'm going to give a little bit more filler because I'm going to say one thing. Tony murdered and it was really murder right after the book club and all the ladies get, they're arguing and they leave or whatever. And Tony dies that night. As we go through it, we do find out that Tony was having an affair in a previous, in her first marriage, not necessarily in this situation, but earlier Mm -hmm. on. So I did when we when they interviewed that person, I was like, he could be this person. He could have done it because he was such a shrubby person. And maybe mm-hmm. maybe he had more motive than I realized, you know, with with some of the other incidences that happened to her later. I thought maybe that was it and that he was just so stupid. He was trying to stage it and he was not a very smart guy. So I could see that. Yes. So uh, for a while, I really thought that that's who had done it. Wow. He was so gross. Uh, we we're going to talk about him a little bit because this affair that Tony had with Grant, Grant. we're spilling some tea here because you just, it, yeah. we're spilling it because then our biscuits are burning. We don't care. <laughs> Yeah, Grant, during the interview, he's just gross. They talk about how unkempt he is. He's oh my gosh, machismo. He's just he's just gross. And you find out that he had this affair with Tony, and here Tony is. I am better than you, and I she will make very sure you know it. I will drip sarcasm and passive aggressiveness just to let you know that I think I'm better than you. And looks for every opportunity to put somebody down, and she. She's jealous of everybody there and what they have. And she's trying to put out this persona. I am so much better 
fake Gucci bag, the nails, mm-hmm. the the outfit, the the grooming, mm-hmm. the what you drink, what you eat, how you sit, all of that stuff. She's very she pushes that out. That's the term they use, chav. Chav. She's a chav. One of the characters calls her a chav, and which means an antisocial, lower class youth dressed in sportswear. But she's basically someone who is dressed up, but she's not that person at all. She's not all that. Mm-hmm. But she puts that person on, and who knows how this started. She must have seen Grant in a sexy moment. Because they were a, jogging. Yes, they were jogging. He was an I'm too sexy for my shirt. Laura. I'm sure he was. <laughs> and they started this affair. And it goes on until, and I'm assuming it goes on until the shine wears off and she actually sees what Grant is like. And also her husband finds out. Yes. She puts out this story that, oh, poor Tony. Tony her first husband was an alcoholic and she had to move out and poor, poor Tony. And really we come to find out that's not at all what happened. And she doesn't have any really redeeming qualities. The one thing that I will give her, she gets pregnant and she says she was raped. And based on what they know about Tony, they really don't know what to think. But if you listen to Grant, you know, they had their affair. He comes back later. I really do think she was telling the truth there. I do too. I really think that when she ended it and she moved out and whatever happened in her first marriage blew up and she was humbled to whatever extent a narcissist could be humbled. Um, (laughs) And she had to live in that single room and that bed set. And we learned that that's just your dormitory kind of border home kind of thing. She had to live in a boarding house. How embarrassing. Maybe. Yes. But she did find a new... (laughs) a patsy i guess i don't know what to call him he was just she found her new man maybe but she did find somebody who actually did adore her for whatever reason he did but he did and how about about doormat a doormat that's a good one yes that's better and i think that at that moment her life was very good and i think that she could play her part and kind of use him however she wanted she never felt insecure about him leaving her or doing her wrong and and he seemed to love her audacity Mm -hmm. of whatever her style and narcissism was he seemed to just adore it so I don't think that she would have messed that up again with the same shithead. (laughs) No, I don't either. I don't either. So I I do think there was something to what she had to say about that. And so that's, yeah, I agree with that part. I don't, I don't think that she deserved to be murdered. I, I don't think that she was, she wasn't really out to harm other people. She did enjoy wanting one up people. She didn't care about about the wife i understand that and she didn't she wasn't out to try to kill anybody well yeah she wasn't out to do anything but better to do what's best for tony Mm-hmm. without regard for other people. Mm-hmm. But I think that she needed them for that book club because that was her thing. She's the one that came up with that. And it was her, look what I, we have this book club and we talk about blah, 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 whatever. She just made herself out to be something. So the ending I felt was rushed. There was almost another victim. They found out everything they needed to know, but it just seemed like, okay, she's it. Let's give her one more drama. Oh my gosh, that almost happened. Oh, saved. Okay, everything's good. And I just felt like it was uh it was a letdown <laughs> well it was, it was kind of, but i don't uh, know that it was ever ever up there to be yeah. let down 
was true. True. <laughs> a letdown would assume, would assume that we were already very much involved in how this was going to be solved. And I don't think we were very much involved on how it was going to be solved. The the two detectives maybe they were meant to be somewhat opposites, but there, I wish there was more humor between them. Could have been a little more humor between them. They too were kind of flat. I don't know. I read something on another website called Crime Fiction Lover. And so this person was very generous with discussing this book. And they said that this book was meant to be more tongue in cheek about book club mysteries. And I that agree. <laughs> maybe it was trying to be more on the nose. Here's your formulaic book club mystery. This is what I think it is. And maybe so. I don't know. Maybe. But who would know that if you're picking up the book, right? How would you know that that's what she was trying to be? There are many, and we're going to cover a few, murder mysteries that are dark comedies mm -hmm. and that also make fun of the genre right. a little bit. And But this was not that either. <laughs> no. And I'm hoping, I, I do want to read something else by her and read one of her other books to find out more. Because this, if if this was all she wrote, I would not read her again. The murder mysteries, you either like them or you don't. You like the formula, you like the format. And I'll read them. I'll read all different. If there's a series like The Twisted Tea, I've read yeah. quite a few of those. Mm -hmm. And I like them because it's a formula. I know there's th how things are going to roll out. And sometimes I know who it is and sometimes I don't. And I'm fine with that. But I just could not get into any of this, really. There wasn't anything that made me want to branch off and find out something else or delve deeper into something. There just It just wasn't there. Well, so. the Twisted Tea Mysteries, I mean, we had so much history come in from the location of Charleston. Mm -hmm. This was Cambridge. Oh, my gosh. The mystery right. could have been more. I mean, this mystery could have happened anywhere it wasn't anything special about where it was located either i liked the twisted teas because i i liked the you know she brought in all the teas and all the different events that were fun to watch and there was so much more visually stimulating things going on mm -hmm. bland and flat this one was just bland and flat yeah but not all of the mysteries we're going to be reading in march are going to be bland and flat <laughs> no, let's say that we, when you choose a book by its reviews and title, you may not know what you get, but that's okay. We gave this book a try. We did not give up on it. No. We did not. We, we finished it. We've discussed it quite a bit. Right. We've tried to find all of its positive qualities and found it sadly lacking. I'm sorry. You, you more than me. <laughs> <laughs> I have tried to dig into it in many, many ways to find something. So if you want to have a murder mystery that your book club will seriously get into probably an argument over, <laughs> this book might be for you. If you want to dig into some really seedy characters and just gossip and lay it down about them, this book would be for you. <laughs> I think if you wanted to come as dressed as one of the characters and drink a lot, then this book would <laughs> you be would free. need some. Do not put tea with this book. Seriously, you need some wine. <laughs> <laughs> you definitely need something stronger. <laughs> well, I guess we could just go on and on. About oh, please don't do it. <laughs> how flat playing this book is. But we figure you have other things to do. You can so. make a sponge cake for your friends. You could make a sponge cake. There was that, some good cakes. 
or, oh, I want to go to the bakery and get some eclairs after reading this. Good foods. A couple. Don't give up on our March mysteries because we do have some good things coming. What do we have coming? Next week, we're going to be doing the Thursday Murder Club by Richard Osman. And this has been very well acclaimed and I have had actual friends tell me to read it. So yeah. I'm definitely going to be looking forward to this. I have read one of the books in this series. Love the characters. So I'm looking forward to reading the first one to see how it all got started. I am excited about that. And then we've got some other goodies coming up. Don't forget, Thursday is our book club event on Facebook. Yes. So that'll be tomorrow. This drops on Wednesday, then Thursday. It'll be at seven o'clock on our Facebook page, The Perfect Blend. Yes. And we are excited because this is our first online book club and we don't plan on being flat or bland. <laughs> and we're <laughs> we're going to be featuring Daisy Jones in the Six the day before it hits Netflix. So if you have read the book, if you haven't read the book, it doesn't matter. If you like the '70s and the '70s vibe and music, this is something that we think would be interesting to do. So we're very excited, and hopefully, this is going to lead to more online book clubs in the future. You can find us on Instagram at theperfectblend underscore SC, our Facebook page, The Perfect Blend, our website, the-perfect-blend.com, and of course, all of your usual podcast channels. Until, Until next time, time, read and sip on. on.